I am so excited to announce I have the legend Dave Hodges back here with me today. He is the pastor and founder of the Church of Ambrosia in Oakland, California, which is an entheogenic plant church. Before we get into it, I want to quickly give a shout out to Basil, Amber, Mitchell, Ruben, Andrea, and the others who have taken a moment to rate my podcast. I really appreciate getting feedback, and I've been trying to find the coolest guests to come on and educate you guys. So if you enjoy this episode, please take a second to rate and review my show. If you let me know on my Instagram at Podcast, I will give you a shout out on my next episode. My October theme is about transformational psilocybin trips, and not just any trip. We're talking above and beyond a heroic dose, which would be considered about four or five grams. So we are about to go on a wild journey with Dave here, who has experienced a lot, and I'm so thrilled to have him back to not only open my audience's eyes on what could happen at big doses, but also discuss how to do it safely, as that is the most important part. Thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Hey. So first, I wanted to ask, how should you decide how much you're going to take? What are the factors involved? Well, the big thing with mushrooms is you never want to take too much. You always want to start small. If you've never done mushrooms before, you should be looking at, you know, a half a gram to two grams max just for your first experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and be in a comfortable place around people who have used them before. But the key is little is better when you're starting. Um, from there, if you want to get a little bit deeper, uh, taking an eighth of mushrooms and sitting in your bedroom and just going through all your thoughts and going through all the things that can bring up is a very helpful thing for many people. Now, when you get into the work that I do and the people that I work with do, Um, The really high dose, the starting point for that is about five grams, which is the heroic dose put forward by Terrence McKenna a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, the late Kalindi E., who had been doing this work for 40 years, his recommendation was two grams at a time. So five, seven, nine, 11. And you do this with a sitter until you feel comfortable. And that's one of the big things is you don't need to push yourself. If you don't feel comfortable going up, then it's not the right time. Do the same dose you did last time and and work in the realms that you feel comfortable until you feel ready to move up. And as you move up, you know, the sitter, they're really, they shouldn't be on mushrooms. They're really there just to make sure that anything human related that you aren't able to do, they can do. If somebody comes to the door, they can answer the door for you because you don't want to be answering the door on five grams of mushrooms. You don't even really want to be answering the door on two grams of mushrooms. Um, It's better if somebody who's sober does that. So, you know, again, slowly increasing the dosage, just because you've heard of somebody like me doing 25, 30 grams, that's not where we started. We had to work our way up to get to those levels. And it's very important that you go through the process. This isn't a race. This isn't a contest. Um, If you feel drawn to this work, it's something that you feel you have to do, work your way up to the doses. Yes. And I even heard how like, you know, shrooms can um, vary depending on potency. So even though you know you have a certain strain of shrooms, doesn't mean it's going to hit the same every time, might be different. And just because your friend said take three grams doesn't mean you should take three grams because it can hit way harder depending on how potent it is. Yeah, it's always better to start small. And, you know, one of the big things people don't understand is it's not necessarily by strain. Mm -hmm. So just because you've had golden teachers before and you know what three grams of golden teachers are like, what you really know is three grams of golden teachers from the person who grew them. So different batches, different growers, they all can vary in, in strength. And mm-hmm. definitely one of the important tips if you're trying to work into these higher doses is you want to get a larger amount of mushrooms so you can work with the same tools. And you know exactly where three grams takes you and five grams takes you and 10 grams takes you. It, it, otherwise, it's, um, you know, it, it's really better to start small. Try the, the, the batch of mushrooms before going too deep. Um, recently, I had an experience where I did 
15 grams of a strain called ghost PE and you know, the, the albinos and the penis emmy strains are known to be pretty strong. These were three times stronger than any other mushrooms that I've had. And, you know, I, I thought I was taking 15 grams. It hit me like 45. So <laughs> oh yeah, you got to be careful. And even if you've been doing this work, a lot of, you know, they, they can surprise you. Definitely. Like, I, I was talking to someone recently and they were like, oh, I'm just going to stick to penis envy because that's the you know best experience I've had with them. And I'm like, you know, I tried penis envy multiple times from different people and they, I've had different experiences every time. Sometimes I'll be super energetic, like I could run a marathon like when it's coming up. Other times I'll feel like jello and I can't get out of my bed, <laughs> even on similar dosages. So it's very strange. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, that that also is somewhat the nature of mushrooms. You know, they can they can do that. You yeah. know, you, you're using the exact same ones. You think you know where you're going and they take you somewhere a little different. So, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of different factors, but definitely um, what they're grown with, how they're grown. Uh, even the energy of the people that are growing them, mm. all those factor into your experience too. I bet. It's all that energy. So how should someone prepare for a big dose and what should they be aware of? You know, what's the mindset they should have? Well, I mean, it really all depends on what you're trying to do. Um, you know, there's w one of the big, big tips is fasting before. Um, mushrooms are really good at clearing out your system. The less shit in you, the less shit's going to come out of you. <laughs> um, yeah. we, we recommend people fast for 48 hours before doing, uh, a large dose. Even if you're doing a smaller dose, it can be good. You know, again, mushrooms are really good at clearing out your system. So if you're really backed up, you're going to have a problem. Um, also, you know, it, the, the church has a project called God Sitters where we do high doses for people. And that's one of the things you have to fast. Every time somebody doesn't fast, we know it because we're seeing oh. their lunch. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's yeah, fasting Ugh. before is going to make the experience better and more controlled. Um, the the other big thing is, you know, it, it depends. Depending on the work that you need to do, there's a different place to start. And um you know the mindset typically i tell people if you could ask god one question what would it be and you know i mean i i, I know that's a, that's a big thing to ask somebody but when you're looking at god or your soul however you want to put it either of those those are pretty big questions you only get one question if you could ask them one question what would it be and that's a good focus to put your mindset around when you're going into these doses. Um, you know, you're trying to get some sort of answer. You're not guaranteed to get the answer, but if you focus on what's, what's the biggest concern in your life, it, the ultimate question that you're trying to answer, that is a great place to start. I um, agree. yeah, <laughs> during the work, it can be ter pretty terrifying. So it, again, it really all depends on what you have to go through, but uh, if you have a lot of trauma, there's a good chance the first part of your work, the first few times you go into these doses, you're going to have to deal with it all. And, you, you know, the that's the big advantage to doing this sort of work is the thing that's helping you deal with it and, and talking to you about it and showing you it is your own soul. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to... <laughs> you don't have to get comfortable enough to tell this a therapist how horrible your life has been or all these triggering moments that have happened in your life. Your soul is you. It's lived your entire life already. So it's it's known what you've been through. It, it knows what you're going to go through and it knows the point. So even though it can be terrifying to relive some of the worst moments of your life, your what's guiding you through these is your soul and it can explain to you why you had to go through it. Um, the next level of the work that people typically experience is understanding what your soul is, what you are outside of this body. Um, and again, that, <laughs> that can be some, some difficult work too, but you know, it's, 
there's a level of brave uh, or you have to be brave enough to go through some of this stuff. But once you do, you come out stronger. Um, so understanding that that's, that's actually what you're doing. This isn't for fun. This is to get some real work done. Um, and then there's a, the, the, a couple other things you have to accept. You're going to die. You know, the mushrooms will take you through death. So if you have an experience where you're looking at your dead body on the floor, don't worry, you're going to come back to it. But at the same time, you have to accept that you won't. Mm -hmm. You know, you you just did this to yourself. If you start freaking out over it, that's not going to help you. <laughs> now right. you have to understand where you are, what you're experiencing next. Um, well, knowing eventually you'll come back, but also you just have to accept that you never will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you, you know, there's... Again, that's that's where you need to be brave enough to go through these. But when you start freaking out over certain things, um, it's not going to help you. You know, it, if you yeah. see if you see some aliens appear in your room, jumping out of the window to get away from them is not going to do you any good. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your head. They're just going to follow you. Best thing you can do is talk to them and find out what they want. So, you know, it's... It, Again, you just have to accept once you take the mushrooms, it's like getting on a roller coaster and the ride's not over until it's over. So if you freak out at the scariest part, when you're at the highest part of the roller coaster, the only thing you're possibly going to do is hurt yourself. You can't get off of it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to accept it and go along with it. And that is that is easier said than done. But one of the most important parts of this. Yes, like the mindset I've gone into my trips was like, tell me what I need to know and show me what I need to see. That's been like my thing. And I I would take, you know, a bigger dose if I'm ready to like learn more about myself. I'm ready to transition into a different stage of my life. I feel like that's when it impacts me the most. And I'm, it's not like I've had many big doses. I've only had actually one big dose experience. But even then, I had no idea the extent that it was going to go. I had no idea I was going to go into a whole spiritual realm. And that was really scary because I only took four grams. So, you know, getting these crazy hallucinations, my room is getting swallowed, you know, like any person would freak out over that. I even thought I was going to die at one point, but I remembered I just took shrooms. I will be okay. And I told myself I was ready for this. I was going to do this. So I just you know, did my best to take care of myself and let it take me. The worst thing you can do is try to resist whatever it's trying to show you. There's a reason Absolutely. you're seeing the things you're supposed to see. Like that trip, you know, tra completely transformed my life. So if I resisted it, I feel like it wouldn't have gone the same way. No, I it, it would have been probably pretty bad. And, yeah. you know, that that's that's where most bad trips come from is people trying to control them. Yeah. You can't control these things. No. <laughs> you just have to accept them. And it, if you try to think, hey, I'm going to do something to sober up, um, it, it, one, it's not going to work. And mm -hmm. in a worst case scenario, you might hurt yourself. Yeah. So you're just going to be like, take me. Like, just let it take yeah. you. But, you know, so the, the work that you did before your accidental high dose that we talked about <laughs> Um, it sounds like you've been doing this for a while. Just take it anytime life got a little difficult, taking a little bit of mushrooms and thinking. I mean, how long have you been doing that? Well, I, I've recently got into mushrooms. So like, I think 2019 was, I, you also started 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you, 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 you know, went on a different type <laughs> of journey. When I started learning about it, um, everyone was saying all these amazing things about shrooms. And I was like, I need to try this. And the first time I took it, you know, it was in the woods with my friends and stuff. I only took like 1.25 grams. So it was that perfect level. I felt, you know, kind of sober, kind of not. I could still see some things. But yeah. the thoughts it gave me made me realize that I need to explore this more. Because in that moment, it made me realize how strong I am, how capable I am. And that our egos lie to us a lot. You know, that, that was the first time it like kind of separated me from it. And I started realizing how beautiful and simple this world is and how we always complicate everything in our heads and being able to see the world so clearly and in, in such a beautiful light. 
I was like, there is something really special about these mushrooms and I need to explore it more. And the more I got into it, the more I realized how much it was helping me learn about myself. The higher I went, the more it showed me that. Like I really got to explore who I am and it helped me heal through things I was going through on my high dose. Like all in one trip, it just sealed off everything I was going through and prepared me for the next chapter. It was actually insane. I couldn't believe it that imagine taking months and months and months to try to figure something out why you are like this, why you are feeling this way about this. And then the shrimps are like, hey, this is why. And you're like, (laughs) oh. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It really, it really expands your mind and makes you see things and for how they are. you can't argue with it either, right? Nope. I mean, you're like, oh, and yeah, that that actually, okay, that, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yes, exactly. Why it, wasn't I thinking like that before? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for, you know, people who haven't taken mushrooms before, what happens on the come up? I know a lot of people ask me this. Um, so like, how do you feel and how long can it take for the mushrooms to hit? Well, the the whole duration, um, you know, it's a little different for everybody. And it also, you know, depends on how you're taking them. Like if you have a full stomach and you're just chewing the mushrooms directly, it's going to take longer for it to kick in than if you have an empty stomach and are drinking tea. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a real, there's a big factor depending uh, in the best case scenario, which is the work that we do is you fasted and we like to do it in T form that come up happens really quick. Oh, yeah. um, within about 20 minutes, people typically start feeling it. And within the 30 to 45 range, they hit what I call blast off. And <laughs> that. <laughs> That can be a pretty overwhelming feeling. It's really good to be laying down when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the other big thing that, we, especially with these high doses that we we talk about, you don't want to be out in nature. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's a level for being out in nature, and that's like a gram, two grams, or maybe an eighth. At these really high doses, you might leave your body. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> You might even strip off your clothes. So if you strip off your clothes and leave your body in the middle of a forest, um, you don't know who's going to be gnawing on it when you get back. Oh, my. Yeah. The the important thing is a bed and a bathroom right nearby um, and a comfortable, clean path to get from one to the two. That that is your setting for the high dose. it's again during blast off what we recommend is people keep uh keep focusing on their question while they're going into these doses and then lie down when they start feeling it and just let it do what it needs to do and it will feel very intense uh, as it comes up and then you'll reach a few different peaks as you go through the process Uh, The overall process takes about four hours um, from the point that you drink it to the point that you're back. And then, you know, a few more hours of the wiggles, um, you know, even when you're when you're back in your body and you you understand your mind again, you know, you reconnected with who who you are in this reality. You're still going to be feeling a little bit of the mushrooms for up to another two to four hours so within about eight hours of actually taking them it's generally fairly easy for people to get sleep um but you have to be ready for you drink them you're going to have four hours of intense things and then you'll have another two to four hours of thinking about what just happened to you first in the beginning like for the come up i get really nauseous and when I had the bigger dose with the tea, I didn't eat for like four hours before. And I was already nauseous before drinking it, but I knew I couldn't eat anything before. So it made me extremely nauseous. And oh God, like very fast, like in the first 20 minutes. And then what's interesting is that your body starts freaking out when your brain is like about to go on a whole roller coaster. Yeah. So I was sweating. I was cold. Um, I bundled yep. up in a lot of blankets. I was in my bed just like freezing, even though it wasn't even cold. Like The the chills are one of the signs that you're starting to go through the blast off. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the thing that I like to do is a heated blanket. Mm, that's you smart. Know, you, you, 
and before you even lay down, you get the heated blanket warming up the bed. Um, some people don't like electricity, so you can unplug it before. Mm. But anyway, you you look at it, it's really nice to be in a warm bed yeah. uh, as you're going through the chills. But go on. Yeah. Yeah, but I was exactly in, in a different realm for four hours. And then I got spat back out. And then everything was really wavy and red and blue colors coming off. But I was literally paralyzed in my bed for hours after. I was so weak, I could not move. Um, I needed you know, to eat so bad, but I, I just could not get myself to get up because I was sitting there in pure shock. Like what the hell just happened? <laughs> Once you break, you will never experience something like that in your life. It is the most craziest experience. You are literally in a different place for four hours. And you're like, was that real? Was that a dream? It was crazy, but it, it matters how open you are with yourself too. Like how far you can go in these trips and what you will learn about yourself, it, it really depends on the person too. Um, but when I was able to eat food again, all I could eat was vegetables. <laughs> and I actually felt energy coming inside my body when I was eating these vegetables, like pure energy. Oh, I'm getting my strength back. <laughs> but yeah, I was done for the rest of the day and my brain hurt oh, yeah. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's typical, especially for the first time, you know, the first first few times as you work your way up um you know after you get got through like a dozen of these journeys things change um i i compare it a lot like weightlifting or mm. martial arts you know you're you gotta learn the skills as you work your way up and as your body learns how to use these things and you learn how to use these things you can go deeper and deeper and deeper but it's um that's that's why it's really important not to rush you know there you accidentally got to one of these breakthrough doses um you know if you had taken 30 grams of those same ones uh you would not like it no. and you know one of the other big indicators that you've done too much you probably wouldn't remember it because mm -hmm. the deeper you go the more knowledge you can get and if you get more knowledge than you can bring back, you just won't remember what happened to you. Which would so, suck. Yeah, right. I mean, why do you even do it? Yeah, you know, literally. If, like, if you, you need don't to remember. remember. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, as you work your way up, that's, you know, typically, even the first few times you do these doses, it's it's not uncommon at all to have some memory problems, hmm. um, which is, you know, what, there, there's a couple couple other tips for these high doses. One I want to hit on before I forget about it. Sure. You said you're paralyzed in your bed. Uh -huh. That's also very common. Um, we highly recommend people use adult diapers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's consider it like a safety helmet. You don't wear a helmet in a construction site because you plan on getting hit in your head. But if you do, you're glad you wore it. Mm -hmm. And if you're paralyzed, unable to move in your bed and something has to happen, you'll be grateful that you had an <laughs> adult diaper on yeah. than cleaning up your bed because yes. that's, that's not very fun. No. So, you know, it, especially with the deeper work and as you go deeper, you know, it's one of those ego things to get over like, oh, I, I, I'm adult. I shouldn't wear diapers anymore. But you know, it's a safety helmet. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, if you, if you have to use it, you'll be very grateful you had it. <laughs> and if you don't have to use it, then you'll just think you're funny wearing a diaper. But, you know, it's we all do it multiple times in our lives at the beginning and end. I'm just saying do it right. in between, too, when you're right. <laughs> when you're doing these doses. Um, you know, the, the other big one is having having some sort of easy food ready for yourself. Like you're not going to want to cook a meal. Mm -mm. Um, you're going to want to have something that you enjoy that's kind of light, uh, some fruit. I'm sure vegetables are good too. Just something easy, ideally already prepared. So when you, when you are ready to start moving again and doing stuff that you can feed yourself without any problems. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a bunch more things, um, you know, we, we actually, I've done a couple of YouTubes where I talk about it and we have a bunch of the information on our website. Um, but the, the key is, you know, you just want to set everything up for yourself as much as you can. 
a comfortable environment, comfortable path to the bathroom, the diaper in case you have an accident, uh, something to eat afterwards. And you don't really want to do anything the next day. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really should the, the next day just plan on relaxing. It's, um, and I'm sure you, you can relate. It's going to feel like you just climbed a mountain. Yeah. And if you just climbed a mountain, the last thing you want to do is go back to work. at 7 (laughs) a.m yeah yeah it's 7 a.m and have to deal with some irate customer or you know just people who haven't just been shown the keys to the universe (laughs) you know like the best thing you can do is just kind of a self-care day afterwards um and if if you do these things intentionally and you have it set up you will have a good experience yes so can you explain one of your most transformational trip experiences? I know you probably have many. Um, like we can just go into some of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say really the first three that I ever had um, were, were really some of the most transformational things that's happened. I mean, I I continue to experience things that are – beyond words can express but uh my first two journeys you know the first time i did five grams it was a very intense journey but what was interesting is i came back in a loop and Mm -hmm. i must have said to myself a hundred times you need to learn how to breathe and you need to do more mushrooms just over and over you need to learn how to breathe and you need to do more mushrooms when i sobered up i was like yeah what do you know mushrooms i'm breathing right now (laughs) but knowing the lethal dose was around five pounds. Um, I wasn't really concerned about trying more. So a few weeks later, letting my tolerance clear out, I did 10 grams, which um, is a lot of mushrooms and another very intense experience, but I came out in the same loop. You need to learn how to breathe and you need to do more mushrooms. Well, this time I decided to Google how to breathe And if you Google how to breathe, you'll find a TED talk and a bunch of doctors talking about how, as a society, we've forgotten how to breathe. And what they're talking about is because we're sitting down at desks and we're focused on the size of our bellies, uh, everybody started breathing with the upper halves of our body. And we actually have a muscle, our diaphragm, that we're supposed to breathe with. Well, now there's a problem in elderly where people who's... uh, who have stopped breathing the right way their entire life, their diaphragm has started to atrophy. And now they're having breathing problems simply because they're not breathing right. Between that and the added stress on the, the upper back muscles, which is what people start breathing with. Mm -hmm. um, We have a, we have a new illness. I mean, it's not even really an illness. It's just, we stopped using our bodies. Right. And now as we're getting old, we're having problems. And what was crazy for me is I was one of those people. So how did I know that I didn't know how to breathe? And because factually, I did not know how to breathe. I was breathing wrong. And after the first time I was told that I just wrote it off. I was convinced I did know how to breathe, you know? So Mm -hmm. how did I know that I didn't know how to breathe? And what I like to talk about them, and there's two possibilities. And honestly, to me, they're both true. But one is that something deep inside myself was able to clearly communicate with me, yo, dude, you need to learn this. The other is that there are actually guides on the other side, and they knew this was the first lesson that I needed to learn before I moved forward. So, you know, that was that was a pretty transformative experience right there is, you know, learning hey, I'm physically using my muscles wrong to do the thing that I do nonstop every day. Um, you know, that that, was, that definitely changed my life. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it blew me away that here's this knowledge that's absolutely true that came out of doing this work that I didn't consciously know on any level. The next experience, so, you know, do more mushrooms. Uh, the next one was 15 grams and that was insane. The first time I actually broke through and saw entities on the other side and talked to them. And there was a bunch of different ones that I interacted with, but 
one of the last ones was a group that called themselves the oldest of the mushroom gods. And they told me why I existed, why I'm here, what they need my help for, why I've gone through everything in my life. I mean, they just laid it all out. You know, like, hey, we brought you here. We need your help. Uh, you can understand this work. You can understand us. And because of everything that we've been through, we need your skills for what's going to happen next. Um, and I came out of that experience in another loop. There's more knowledge to spread and do more mushrooms. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, literally getting all the answers to why I exist, why I've gone through everything that I've gone through, what did I what I needed to do next. Um, you know, get, getting into the entities that you can talk to on the other side, you don't necessarily need to listen to all of them. You know, some of them have their own ambitions. Uh, this mm -hmm. was a group that uh, they're using me. I'm using them. It's it's all a big part of the same thing. But the, what they told me rang true. I mean, it made my whole life made sense after talking to them. And the loop of there's more knowledge to spread and do more mushrooms that led me to find uh, Kalindi E. So, you know, here I just did 15 grams of mushrooms, which at the time was five, three times more than I'd heard of anybody else doing. Uh, and I'm being told to do more. <laughs> so Googling high-dose mushrooms, I find the late Kalindi E. He happens to be talking to the conference the next weekend in Portland. I have the resources to go. I get there registration desk is to my right and standing right in front of me is Kalindi. And he thinks he recognizes me. So the first, first person to interact with the guy that I came there for not only is literally right in front of me, but already thinks he recognizes me. That's crazy. So, you know, <laughs> when you, when you talk about alignment and, you know, realizations and how everything's connected, um, I, I've, I've experienced so much, beyond this um but e those first three experiences changed my life i mean i i now breathe with my uh diaphragm which took about six months to retrain my body to actually breathe with my diaphragm um and you know <laughs> i got the answers to why i'm here yeah, that's actually crazy. Um, cause I remember we talked about this. I also was given those the same messages on my four grams, and you know it's crazy that when I took four grams, I got what you got fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember what those entities like look like, or was it more of a voice, like voice? Oh no, I I could see them. Oh I mean, yeah, that's that's the. So, I mean, you, you started the breakthrough, mm -hmm. right? But when you break through these really high doses, they are physically standing in the room with you. You can oh. touch them. You can feel them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were yeah. in your room speaking to you. Yes. In, wow. in my bathroom, actually. Speaking. In your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is wild. See, like, so I'll explain my version. Mine was, you know, my eyes were closed the whole time. And you told me how when you go on higher doses, your eyes don't need to be closed, <laughs> yeah. which is like way crazier. Um, but yeah, I had that experience where this entity. So first, what happened was, you know, my hallucinations were getting really strong. Um, yeah, I said my room was getting swallowed. So I had to close my eyes because it was uncomfortable. And when I closed my eyes, I appeared in this like ceremony looking room. I had my eyes closed for two seconds and these beings were there and they like turned around like I just arrived like <laughs> staring at me and I was like what the hell so I opened my eyes again and I realized that's not worth it so I was like you know what <laughs> I'm just gonna let them take me I don't know what is about to happen but it's gonna happen so I closed my eyes again this door appeared and I in my head I opened it and I saw these like beings there. I don't even, this, I don't remember the beings faces, but I remember there was this aura coming out of them, like this white shining light. And I was like, they must be like holy magical things. And then I remember this other being came out of nowhere and this being had a mushroom head and two eyes. The rest of the body was maybe kind of, you know, human-like, like it was, had two legs and everything. 
but I was not scared of this being. There was something that this aura, this energy coming off of it that I just made me want to trust it. And it was like, come with me. And it, you know, put out its hand and I'm like, all right. And I grabbed its hand and started walking me through all that I'm meant to do in my life. Which is so crazy that we had similar experiences. Um, like images of me doing certain things, helping people. And it was saying, you are on the right track. This is what you've came here to do. You're supposed to spread, you know, the messages of these mushrooms and, you know, all this stuff. I was at that point in my life where I just really wanted to know, is this my, I knew it was my direction, but I'm like, is it really my direction? And the fact that I was able to be communicated that through another realm, you could say, uh, was actually crazy. And I did also see aliens um, at one point through later in my trip, and I saw them from an outside perspective. They, I saw their ship. They came down. They landed. I don't remember the planet that well, but they landed somewhere, and these, you know, the gray aliens, you would say, like, walked out, and they weren't communicating to me directly. It was more like this: the mushroom entity was like, communicating for these aliens, but these alien, these images started popping up of how where our world is going, all the pollution and, you know, climate change, everything. It was just these images. And when I came out of that trip, I was like, what? Like, I was not thinking about that. I was not thinking about climate change at all. I was not thinking about aliens. I have not gone anywhere deep into that. So I was like, how did I get all that info? And then I started reading up on all these like alien abductions or people who say they've been abducted by aliens. And they all say the same thing, that they, they showed them where this world is going, which really shook me. I was like, <laughs> how did I get this info? <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to state that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, you have to, I mean, when you do the work that I do, you have to accept these things are real. And, um, you know, we, we know a few things just based on science, uh, space and time is not real. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we experience it as real. It's what literally guides our lives every day. Um, without space and time, we wouldn't recognize this existence. But right. when you remove those and start understanding that there can be life outside of that, and even life that has reached the point where they can use space and time differently. They can pop out of it and pop back into it in another spot. Um, there's a lot more going on than, than most people could ever imagine. Oh yeah. It's actually so mind bending. You don't even have words for it really to try and figure it out. Um, and I wanted to also discuss if you've been to like different dimensions or if, if you open your eyes, are you always (laughs) in your room or can you be in a different place with your eyes open? Like You can be in a different place with your eyes open. <laughs> and, you know, that, that can be some of the challenging moments. Like if you're, if you're recognizing you're in your room, but you're not in your room anymore. And you get a sense, oh, no, how do I get back to where I was? Um, that's one of those moments where you just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it worrying about what just happened, where your body is, who's going to walk into your dead body somewhere, you know, none of those thoughts are going to lead you anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, the the only thing you can do is accept it. Um, And yeah, there's, there's times where, you know, you can, (laughs) you know, I've, I've climbed in elevators in my bedroom and gone down to the underworld. I've, uh, there's been other times where I've just completely left my body and I'm flying around the universe. Um, the the experiences are virtually limitless, and you know that that's one of the one of the frustrating things about where we are with all this. There is so much potential to using these tools, this ancient spiritual technology, to explore existence, and it's. <laughs> It's easy to grow. It grows everywhere and it's older than we are. Yeah. But, you know, people think it's a drug and people think it's uh, something to have a good time with. And, you know, you can you can have a great time with mushrooms if you have a small amount and you're you're at a place where you're comfortable and you have a lot of cool things to look at. You're going to have a great time. But these experiences go far beyond that. 
and they go into realms of experiencing what happens after death and what exists outside of this body. Um, you know, many of the questions that religion tries to answer, you know, but we not only have the answers, but we can have you experience it, mm -hmm. right? Which goes something far beyond reading it in a book or anything we could tell you to experience it yourself and experience death before you die and experience what exists outside of this body is something that really is the oldest religion that ever existed and something we should all have the ability and knowledge to do if we feel drawn to it. Yeah. So it, that's, it, it goes very deep and yeah, not everyone can <laughs> handle seeing stuff like that. But I remember you saying how there's more common experiences on the higher dosages. Like it's not just you only see a certain thing, but other people also see the same things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the really interesting aspects that's going on here. That's really, really hard to explain other than this is real. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, there's different entities that people experience regularly. There's um, everything from the mantis creatures to, you know, all sorts of different animals, aliens, uh, dragons. And what's interesting is, like, for me, I actually kind of went into this blind. I knew that there was work I needed to do. I had no idea that I was going to see aliens and dragons and mantis creatures. And then after having an experience doing the research going, oh, other people are seeing these things and these are really common. Mm -hmm. Dragons are super common. Um, you know, aliens are also very common. You know, there's beyond that, there's even some experiences that people have that, um, you know, it, it's almost like part of part of what's being shown to us is shared truth that we all know deep down and we just have never been able to access it um one of the most important ones is experiencing the consciousness that existed before all else and you know there's there's variations in this and there's variations of what people call it um kalinda used to call it the godhead um i simply refer to it as the consciousness that existed before all else and this is a place where you don't exist anymore. Nothing exists. There is but this one consciousness. And people get there and they have different reactions. Some, you know, especially ones who accidentally get there are thinking, well, what about my family? What about my house? What about my car? Because clearly none of that exists anymore. Um, <clears throat> but they're all brought to the same place. Um when I got there, the feeling was one of boredom. Mm. You know, this is, this is all that exists. You know, there's this one consciousness. And, you know, for me, especially earlier in my work, I would get very clear messages. This was one of my deepest that I got. And it was a series of questions with an answer. If you were God, what would you ask yourself? If you were the creator of everything, the knower of everything, what could you possibly ask yourself? The only thing you might not know is what am I? And this is where I experienced the Big Bang, the creation of space and time and all life. And we were God's answer to knowing what it is. It created everything to experience everything that it could possibly be through us. Whoa. <laughs> it's just like insane. You said it was like a, a white room, white nothingness. Like, yeah, just white nothingness. You know, that's I, just I, insane. Again, people have described different things. Um, when they get there, like some just see clouds, the, the, point is you get there and nothing exists there's but this one consciousness and mm -hmm. what's so amazing is people without ever hearing this story when i when i say the story people have reached out i had that experience right and wow. 
<clears throat> it's mind blowing. That I feel like the more people, you know, we find that have experienced the same things, the more we can piece things together because how do all of our brains see similar things? Like, I don't know. I feel like if it was your brain, you, you would be making it up towards your perspective and what is going on in your life. But if we're all put into this space that we've never thought of before, we have no knowledge of, and this, this plant, like this entheogenic fungi brings us to this place there's just so much it I can't even explain like it just blows my mind I'm like how many dimensions like we like quantum <laughs> physicists and all these people they know there is more than one dimension like we know that oh, yeah. yeah yeah for a fact um, there's a the lot that science doesn't know but there's oh. a lot that it knows that point into the direction of the questions that we're answering right yeah so. yeah yeah exactly and like our our sober, normal selves, how are we going to be able to experience the things that are invisible to us? You know, like something has to take us there. And that's why yep. I'm just so fascinated by psilocybin. And I, I mean, I haven't tried the other ones, but I'm, I've heard that, you know, other psychedelic compounds could also potentially, you know, open you up to these different places and give you lots of lessons. And Oh, absolutely. In fact, you don't even have to use psychedelics. You know, people have been reaching there through intense meditation, yes, through holotropic breathing, um, even through slight biological differences. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's one of my beliefs is that we used to have a lot more access to these realms um, before the the Catholic Church went and killed a lot of people for not believing in in Christ. Yeah, you know that that was there was a giant. Um, purge where anybody who didn't believe in the Bible was forcibly converted or killed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, when you read the Bible after experiencing some of these doses, it's, there's a whole nother perspective that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you get the sense that, you know, they may actually have been experiencing something connected to these realms. And it could have been starvation. It could have been some sort of drink they drank, or it could have just been that their brain was wired a little differently. And occasionally they'd get a big DMT burst out of their own brain. Um, so there, there's a lot of different ways that we can reach these spaces. It's just the mushrooms are the oldest, you know, mm -hmm. they, uh, mushrooms existed before we did. Um, mm -hmm. they, you know, we're, we're actually more related to mushrooms than we are plants. So when you mm -hmm. follow the genetics back, mushrooms are actually our great ancestors, uh, which is a whole nother trip in itself. Uh, they, oh, yeah. they breathe oxygen and let out CO2. So, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things. They are definitely a life form with mm -hmm. rain like structures that exist. Um, mycelium yep yep but they, again they've That's been around brain. much longer than us and in what we talk about for the church you know the they were the first way that we ever experienced there was more to this existence um and, and it, it, it's interesting because we actually had somebody take a high dose ceremony and go back and live a lifetime with the the apes and the first oh. apes to have these experiences and what they experienced, what, you know, it's, it's really interesting where science tells us some parts that fit in that they weren't aware of. And one of them was, you know, they experienced the, these were the survivors of a great uh, catastrophe. And what science tells us is we first started evolving into humans when we were chased out of our forest habitat by global warming. So what we're talking about is a massive forest fire that destroyed all of their habitat and forced the survivors to band together. And this was different tribes of apes. You know, maybe they looked a little different, but the only ones that survived this, this massive forest fire that would have destroyed their, all of their living space. So these survivors then had to do a couple things. The first thing they had to do was 
establish some shelter. The next thing they had to do was find some food. And if you're a hungry ape um, who's used to living on stuff in the trees, you do know a couple things. You know you can eat bugs, and generally if you see a bug eating something, you can probably eat that too. So the first thing we did was we were following a trail of bugs that led us to the mushrooms. And one brave monkey um, sat there and, and ate the mushrooms. And, you know, being, being hungry, and these are really tasty when they're fresh, they didn't weigh out five dried grams. They filled their bellies with them. Mm-hmm. And those experiences that they had of these other realms and the knowledge that can ha- that can come from them is not only where we first experienced there was more to this existence, but we we undoubtedly learned some of the survival skills that we needed to live in this new environment. Um, one of the things that I strongly believe is that first first trip that 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 ape had was. Um, one where they learn language, you know, because that's that's the other really interesting things about these entities and what's going on there. Regardless of what language you speak, they can communicate with you. And right. I take that even deeper. If you didn't even have language, they could still speak to you. So where did we first go from pounding on our chest and pointing at things to actually having some form of the language? Um, my belief, it was by doing this work, by encountering the mushrooms, um, and then other things like fire, you know, how to make fire. That's, that's a skill that could easily be taught to us by an entity on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, even what other food sources and plants that we could use for medicine. These are, these are all relatively easy pieces of knowledge that could come out of, entities that exist outside of time guiding our race to become more than we are right now or we were right then yeah like that just made me remember about a part in my in my trip where like this the mushroom entity or whatever you want to call it was showing me like the world from an again from an outside perspective and how everyone's just eating like shit (laughs) and like how we're like diseasing ourselves the fact that i was seeing that was actually crazy it was just showing me everyone and inside everyone was gray and just depressed and sad and like it was a big emphasis on the eating and it was like you need to enlighten them you need to enlighten them it was sending me these messages i have to do some work i'm like how i will try but yeah it's like eat plants eat plants eat plants. it was so huge on that i don't know <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, well i mean we definitely don't eat enough veggies in this country yeah yeah and you know I, I i take it even farther i mean really you know there's nothing wrong with eating animals as long as they had a good life you yeah. know that that's that's where we really gone wrong with all of this it's uh mm-hmm. You know, these giant factory farms that are destroying the environment and, you know, containing these creatures in in environments that are not fit for life. And terrible. if you could just only eat happy animals, um, it would be a lot better for you. You know, if they, mm-hmm. they, the enzymes that they produce, but also what they've been being fed and they're, everything factors into that. Eating mm-hmm. the McDonald's hamburger that's filled with chemicals and depressed cows and disease uh, you don't even want to think about that because they're they're trying to get it so cheap that they can give you a hamburger for a dollar. Um, it's not right. No, you know, plus they've been having news out there that's saying the packaging that the fast food oh yeah comes in leaks like. 9,000 chemicals into the into the food it's so terrible I'm scared because like all the pesticides all these chemicals that are going into our oceans into the you know our land all these animals are absorbing it they're feeding on it and then we're eating it it. we're eating it and it's going into us and that's why there's so much disease I mean (laughs) You know, th- this podcast isn't about microplastics and Teflon, <laughs> but, you know, if you 
if you start going down those rabbit holes, um, oh yeah, it's some pretty it's disturbing scary. stuff. You know, Teflon is a known carcinogen, and regardless of how much you try to avoid it in, you know, ceramic pans or cooking your own food, it's just so prevalent in the environment. It is, it is in all of us, and yeah, um, there's. There's all sorts of bad things that can happen with that sort of exposure. But yeah, I mean, we need to do a much better job in this world. Yeah, um, and making food. I mean, just providing, in a way. providing life with what it needs to live. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, one of the things that, that you'll hear people talk about, especially when they've done some high dose work is, you know, that, you can step out of the matrix and there's stuff like that. And, you know, there's, there's different experiences that, that you can kind of say that too, but there is a matrix that we're all living in and it's not technology. It's money and power and control politics, Mm -hmm. all of this. Cause if you're born into this world, you should be guaranteed a few things, food, shelter, clothing, you're a human. Instead, yeah. we spend so much energy just to try to provide those things, uh, which are the base that we need to live. It's hard to get past that, but there's a mm-hmm. lot more past that. And if we lived in a world where all life, animal life, human life was treated like it should be, the world would be a much better place. Much better. We probably wouldn't have all these freaking issues like we're killing our planet right now um (laughs) absolutely i mean it's uh speaking (laughs) it's unfortunate where we are but yeah we just gotta get everybody to do mushrooms and then i'll fix it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that that was one of the messages it was the whole enlightening it's with these mushrooms open up people's brains and the more people i find that have are interested in, in mushrooms the more, you know, they're learning about this world and the reality of what's going on. And I feel like the people who are running this place need to open their minds and see the reality of what's going on here. Mushrooms really connect you to the earth. And they're like, yo, you should love everything here. This is your planet. This is your home. Why would you want to destroy it? Well, you know, it goes back to that that whole... Um shared experience that I was talking about earlier. I mean, once you understand that God created everything to experience what it is, I mean, God is literally, it's the chair you're sitting in right now, from the chair you're sitting in right now to the soda that you drank earlier, to the air that you're breathing, to you, to the, the cockroach that you just stepped on. I mean, all of that is God experiencing life animate inanimate it it doesn't matter it's literally all parts of god and if we were to truly experience life in the best way that we could we would have a much better world Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of uh scary experiences (laughs) uh have you had any like pretty scary things on big doses and how do you handle that you know, you just have to accept it. And yeah, I've had some mm-hmm. real terrifying ones. Um, you know, one of the ones I, I like to talk about just so people understand how it can, how intense it could be. I'm sitting in my bedroom watching as golden beetles devour my flesh and I can feel them oh my devour my flesh and I watch them fall to the ground. And then we all reform into a giant golden bowl, which you know, at the time, I'm thinking there's now going to be there's now going to be this golden bull uh, running around the hills of Oakland. What did I do? But obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but that was actually to awaken me to the deity that was worshipped before Judaism, before Christianity, and all that. Which one of the primary ones was a golden bull. And in fact, um, mm. in the Bible, it talks about how. Moses goes up the mountain to get the commandments. And while he's up there, he takes too long. So his followers build idols to a golden bull, which he then gets pissed off and Mm. 
destroys all of them and kills all the followers that were doing that. But, you know, the, the fact is, before that experience, I wasn't aware of the deity that was the golden bull. And then, which, you know, both very symbolic, golden beetles um, and the golden bull are definitely things that have been worshipped in multiple cultures, including the ancient Egypts and the Sumerians and um, the the other sects that existed before Judaism even came around. But terrifying, right? I mean, crazy. watching as your flesh gets, feeling as your flesh gets devoured and watching these things scurry away. Um, That's insane. Like how, how you can feel yeah. it. What? Usually you would think you would just see it, but... That's insane. I just want to know how it activates certain parts of your brain because I'm sure it activates the pain receptor at a, cer- at a certain dosage. That's just mind blowing. Yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> again, you know that that was uh, after probably about ten doses, and I go into these realms trying to understand where religion came from in the first place. So that was an experience mm-hmm. where my intent was to try to understand religion. Um, and I understood it more. That's what know, it gave I understood you. it more after that. <laughs> you know, uh, another terrifying experience that I had that is the sort of thing that can happen. Um, I'm laying on my floor as a demon materializes out of the ground. And... I look at it and say, am I going to have to fight you? It looks at me and laughs and pulls me into a dimension where I'm watching the devil design its own existence. Which, uh, you know, again, as far as like terrifying and overwhelming, you know, but here, here I am going in to try to explore where religion came from. So, you know, that's, that's not necessarily an experience that everybody needs to have. Um, but when I was trying to understand where everything came from, that was something that I was shown. And the message from that one was the devil was the first being to design itself, which is still, you know, a really deep message. You can take a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, everything from, from greed and, you know, ego to uh, maybe this entity that we hear in the Bible that's called the devil isn't what we think it is. Maybe it's just doing something Mm -hmm. that somebody thought it shouldn't do, you know? So it's, um, Mm. yeah, as, as far as terrifying goes, I mean, they can be, extremely intense and it depends on what you need to go through and what you're trying to learn um and what's what's going on around you as well that's wild what dose did you see that was a 20 gram um and, and that was also right after we got raided that was my first uh dose after the church got raided so you know that was wow <laughs> an interesting time to say the least um, but you know that again when you're talking about where religion came from and what these give us the access to understand it, it's far far more than you could ever imagine mm-hmm. wow well, I'm sure this gave my audience a lot of good information on what to expect at big doses, where you could end up. And I really appreciate you taking the time, even though we had multiple technical <laughs> difficulties. We did it. I really, really appreciate you. And please tell my audience where they can find you on social media or any of your things or yeah, the church. Yeah, for sure. If you, you want to connect with me directly and the, the, anytime anybody is doing any work with mushrooms and especially high dose, I try to connect as, as well as I can. Um, my Instagram at, at Dave Hemp. Um, that's the best way to reach me directly. Uh, we also have a couple websites, uh, ambrosia.church is the religions website. And then we have a physical location here in Oakland called Zydor, 
and that's Z-I-D-E, door.com. Um, both of those have tons of information that can help people uh, when they're going through these and understand what they need to do. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming. And I'm excited to talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com. Thanks.